When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up? We're barking. It's after dark. And uh, I've seen a whole lot of Jake Roos here lately. Uh, this is our third show together in three days, in four days. So. Two Jakes and hats. Uh, yeah. I'm rocking the hoodie in true row fashion tonight. So yeah. I can't believe you're kind of not wearing one. Uh, yeah, it's a little warm in my house. Also, too. So it yeah. got a little warmer today than I thought it was going to be. And um, I'm, dude, I don't know what it is about today. I'm out of gas, dude. I, I, um, I'm fresh out of meth. I have none left. So <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired. Come, hey, come up to my neighborhood. People can help you. I can yeah. drop you this. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, don't put that up your nose. That's, that's real glass. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, listen, um, we got, uh, we got Mr. Chris Milton on with us tonight. The father of ballers himself, father of Chris Milton, I mean, of Kendall Milton. And uh, we're excited to have him on. Uh, so let's get him on as quick as we possibly can. And uh, it, before we do that, obviously, we've got to talk about our awesome partner, GameTime.co. GameTime, interactive, intuitive. Uh, there's all sorts of things you can say to describe this app. It is incredible. Um, Palmer has it pulled up for us right now. SEC Championship, Georgia versus Alabama. Use Game Time to get your tickets because uh, use promo code DOGS and you could save 20% off of your first order. Um, and hey, listen, that that knocks out any sort of fees, any sort of, you know, that's the discount you get there, basically. Um, but as you can see, there are uh, there are tickets all over Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's going to be a big one. Um, and we're excited about it. But, uh, you know, last second tickets, get them way ahead of time. Twenty dollars off of your first order. Did I not say that? Uh, Twenty dollars, not 20 percent. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, not 20 percent. I'm sorry. Don't go buy it. Don't don't go. Jake you know, Rowe will get you 20% off your tickets. <laughs> don't go get two grand worth of tickets and expect to, you know, expect to go ahead and save 400 bucks on that. Yeah, sure. um, $20 off. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, man, uh, we're excited about the SEC championship game. I know you are too. Get them now, get them last minute, get them whenever you want, but just get them from gametime.co. Download that app right now. It's worth it. And uh, smooth, easy. It'll work for you. I, I do promise. All right, let's bring our man on, Chris Milton, father of ballers himself. What's up, Chris? Fellas? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? We're good, man. Looks like you are in transit. Hey, yeah, don't hey, don't judge me. I'm I'm riding dirty, but I'm all right. <laughs> don't, 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 don't judge me. Don't judge me. We got to get you a ring light up, and you know, you know, it's you know, it's crazy daylight savings when when just both coasts are just dark as all get out already, and it's only eight thirty on our end of the world. Man, yeah, this is this is crazy out here, man. But, it's, I, hey, but uh, you know what? It's all good. We, I, hey, I, we, we're going to make it happen. Just as long as I can get, get to where I'm going, that's all. 
I think I think this may be the first one of these that we've done where somebody was uh, in transit to somewhere else. I'll be honest with you. Most, most of our people, most of our people are pretty stationary. Uh, but Chris, you're, you're a guy. You're you're always you're you're a guy who's always in motion. So that's not that shouldn't be a huge surprise to most people. Exactly, man. I keep it moving. Yeah, and honestly. I, I had this joke cooked up that no matter how you came on, I was going to be like, hey, man, listen, put your bicep down. We can't see your face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, hey, no matter what, you was coming out the gate with it, huh? I was. I was. But then now, you know, you, you're driving, so I had to bring that up I, first. I'll still throw it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, listen, man, we really appreciate you joining us and everything. And, and there's we talked about this, Roos and I did, uh, during the game on Saturday. Um, Roos was like, man, what a hell of a guest to get after Saturday. Um, Kendall, nine carries. Uh, what, what did it end up being, 127? Yeah, 127. Um, 127, one catch for 12 yards, which I thought was maybe his best play of the day, to be honest with you. That was such a big play at a big moment. Um, what was it? You know, obviously we'll talk about kind of what Kendall's reaction was after the game, but what was it like for you, man, watching all that happen and on senior day? You know, it, it already started off emotional, man. Um, just once, once we got to the tailgate and got got that got got that first shot of fireball in me, man. The, the emotions start going on, and so going into the game, I, you know, the thing is, I know I know Kendall's talent. I know Kendall's there for a reason, but I also know that injuries have kind of kind of messed it up. If, if that if that if that makes sense, you know, so. You know, I, I know he's going to show up. I know he was feeling good, but going out there, playing the way he played, I, I'm not going to lie. I was taking it in just like you guys. And just like you said, off of that pass and making the first person miss and then kind of spinning. And, you know, I was, I was re-watching re the play, and I said, dude, if you were able to put that plant foot on the ground, you would have took them dudes into the end zone. So it was just good. It was good seeing him get after it, man. I was excited just like you guys were, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, Chris, I, I, I wanted to ask you, like you said, there, there have been some injuries over the course of time, and, and obviously uh, that's just frustrating, and that's just the nature of life. I mean, really more than anything, but how what was what was the emotional reaction, I guess, like for Kendall um, and you, uh, you know, following a performance like that, just to be able to kind of do that on that stage, on that day, in that moment? Well, if you've really been following Kendall, man, and, you know, as he goes through the, you know, through the dealing with the injuries and the mental and emotional aspect of it, in addition to being, you know, being a family and being his resource, you see he leans on his face a lot. And he really trusts God, man. Like, many, I wish at that age, shit, I wish at this age I could say that I was that strong in the faith as he demonstrates. So to see him go out there, man, to see this is – his last home game at Sanford to see that, you know, this countdown is truly starting to, to tick. And he really solidified at home why he chose to come to Georgia. And I really believe that was a statement game for him. And so that, that, that meant the world for him to have that career game. That, and that's what I told him. I said, dude, you will forever remember your senior night, your senior game in college forever. You will forever remember that. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, man. And I mean, as that was the thing that kind of kept popping up to me as I kept kind of writing about it and recapping the game is, you know, for him, for Dejan, you know, for for 
um, you know, for even those young guys that got in there late, um, you know, and, and I, we're going to talk about the running back room here in, here in a little bit, I'm sure, but uh, I'm sure it was, you know, just incredibly memory, uh, mem- memorable. Um, why don't we go ahead and get into that running back room? Because you and I have traded some texts about this before. And, you know, obviously Dell McGee has been, has been, you know, engineering that thing since he, you know, since Kirby took over. Um, he's a fixture there. Um, you've had guys come, you've had guys go. But, you know, you and I were talking about this. I think it was, yeah, honestly, I think it was in 2020, 2021, prior to 2021, maybe. Um, the bond there, the kind of watching each other get their, you know, get theirs and wait their time. Um, you know, James Cook, Zamir White, Kenny McIntosh, Ken, you know, Kendall being a part of it for all four years in some way. What what is that? What is it like being around those guys and, and the, you know, the what you've told me before, the unselfish nature of it all? They, those dudes are legitimately rooting for each other, man. Um, you know, us as adults, right? You go inside the workforce, and when somebody gets the promotion that you wanted, man, you know, people people get nasty, right? People get jealous, they get envious, and they try to they try to thwart somebody else's growth because it doesn't seem like theirs is coming. Whereas these young men, they look at it and say, you know what? We all here for the same thing. We all here to support each other. So we all need to win together. That's why, man, when you, you know, even though Kendall had to play behind those dudes in the last, you know, the last years, you never see him not celebrate any one of their success, right? Even right now, while he was dealing with his injuries and maybe couldn't go out there like he wanted to or whatever the case may be, when those other boys were in the game, he was celebrating them, man. And that's the whole thing. This this stuff is bigger than the game. You know, they – they they call themselves brothers, not teammates, not not I share room with them. Like those are brothers. So that really lets you know how thick that bond is for those dudes. Yeah, you know, and Chris, I wanted to ask you that as somebody who's kind of been an observer of this through the recruiting process, through watching your son go through it. You know, as a parent, uh, putting your kid into this Georgia program, and now seeing it, excuse me, in fruition all these years what's it been like man um you know what's it like to see what georgia does from that aspect of creating that bond and that brotherhood you know i think it's something special and i really think that speaks to the leadership that kirby and and his team creates um i think that the expectation is set when you come in that you know wait your turn i mean and i I think that's clear across the board but the amount of team bonding things that they do, the the way they hold each other accountable, starting from the leadership and that sort of thing, I really do think it's special. And I think that speaks to the success that the Georgia Bulldogs have um, when you look at them compared to other programs. I mean, they're able to, to achieve things on and off the field that others can't because they focused on each other first. And I think that's where it starts, honestly. You focus on each other. You got to play for each other, man. You can't go out there and play for yourself. You see most most teams, you know, they do all that talking in the media and and all that other crap. But when they get on the field, them boys playing for themselves, man. And you, and you see it. Look at the difference in the way Georgia celebrate a play versus the way most other teams celebrate a play. You, you get what I'm saying? Like like on Kendall's, touch, Kendall's touchdown, when you watch it, Look at the way the linemen are celebrate, man, because they they know that, you know, that they were involved in that and, and they had a part in that. And, it, and that's they, that's little bro coming in. Like it's I don't know. It's like I said, it's just special to watch it all come 
come together. It's it's funny you mentioned it's funny you mentioned that because uh, we got a comment from uh, the YouTube right now from Famous J One. He says Kendall got the O line wings in the national championship game, and if that's not a lasting lifelong memory, I don't know what is. Right, <laughs> and and that's the first the first thing. Hey, the first thing he did was go get him wings, man. You heard him in his in his, in his news conference. He told the boys, "Hey, man, listen." Y'all give me to a hundred. Y'all give me to a hundred. I got dinner for you. So, <laughs> hey, and he, and, and he, hey, and he, and if you know Kendall, Kendall making good on that, you know. So that's what it's about, man. That's funny, dude. I'll be honest with you. Um, I had to make my way down to the field after the national championship game to try and film the celebration or whatever. I ended up going through some of those cabanas down there. There's a lot of people needed to eat some wings down there because they had the munchies. Um, there was there was some there was some uh, there was some fires started down there to burn some stuff. I know that. Um, there yeah, was, yeah. was a lot of sweet leaf being burnt down that way. Um, hey, hey, but, well, hey, that's California. That's that California love, my guy. It is. It is. Hey, listen. There's no better time to talk about it. Obviously, it was a big night for the state of California. Kendall kind of opened up the floodgates. It seemed like a little bit from the state for Georgia, and another cat from up that way. Um, Brock Bowers comes back after two games. What the hell's up with that, man? What'd you think about that? We lost him. It looks like he's in a tunnel. Oh, man. All right. We hope he's okay. All right. Well, well <laughs> I thought Brock Bowers was hell, just if oh. you're asking. Yeah. Um, Brock Bowers, then Brock Bowers is hell, don't Brock they? Brock Bowers is hell, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I figured I'd ask him about that because I know uh, I know as much as anything, uh, Chris and hey, there he is. We got him back, I do believe. There we hey, go. Chris, what's going on? With, did we lose you in a tunnel or what? My bad, bro. <laughs> hey, I don't know what happened. I, I got all my bars. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so I, what I was saying was uh, Kendall kind of opened up a floodgate. For, well, there he goes again. <laughs> we won't give up on this, I promise. <laughs> You don't. It's just it's not in our DNA. There he is. There all right. We get, all right. So uh, I was I was bringing it up to you. Kendall kind of opened the floodgates from the state of California, and um, you know Brock comes the next year. Um, what the hell's up with him just missing two games after that ankle surgery? Right, man? What did you think about that? Yeah. Can you hear me? I'm a hold. On, I'm gonna pull over. <laughs> Hey, th this is we're doing it live, folks. This is what live. This is live podcasting, and this is it. And this is what it is. Hold on, this is on. uh, this is on brand for Bark After Dark, Chris. Don't worry <laughs> about it, dude. Are we? Uh, all right. I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna give him a second. Yeah, we're. we're I, I feel like we're nearing a safe space. We can't just let dead air roll here. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can. Why can't we? <laughs> because we got people tuning in the podcast. They're listening. They can't just see Okay, yeah, I guess not. I guess not. You're right. You're right about that. <laughs> is, remember when we hosted the Bill Shank show that one time? Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> Never been so stressed out in my life. What a what a what an experience. What an incredible experience. We got you now, Chris. Maybe. Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously, um, man, the more I think about that whole Brock Bowers thing, um, do you know, like, since since we watched him on the field Saturday, 
do you know that I have heard um I've heard that he actually practiced the week before. Like that he was kind of rolling in practice a little bit like the week before that, like the, the like Thursday or something like that. It's just insane. No, it's ridiculous, um, man. I mean, yeah, it's it's not even really I don't know. It's unfathomable to some degree, right? Yeah. I mean, you remember I mean it was like I was talking to somebody about uh, Nick Chubb and the ACL and all that, man. Like, you remember when that was like an unovercomable injury where they were just like trying to like make it so you could walk, right? Yep. Hey, Chris, we got you now. There we go. Hey, hold on. I don't know what the heck can happen to this thing. Hold on, you guys. <laughs> It, hey, looks man. Like, it looks like things are going okay, though. Yeah, we, we just appreciate the effort very much. Yes, absolutely. So what were you saying? You are saying about the Nick Chubb thing? Oh, I mean, like, you know, it, how far have we come when a guy can come back from an injury like that and be productive within, you know, two and a half, three weeks, um, as opposed to, you know, it, was, it used to be a six-week timeline, four to six, roughly. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I mean, apparently his mom, his mom point, posted about, at one point that he was told from the jump three to four. Yeah, and what I'm saying is about, like, I guess medical science at large, right? The idea of, like, yeah. you know, 20 years ago, if a guy got an ACL tear, that was the end of his playing career. And then you were just, you were really trying to hope, hope that he could live a normal life if you could do a repair on his leg. Right, yeah. Now guys are coming back in eight months from that. Uh, that injury yeah and and doing the marshawn lynch hit up in the face <laughs> yeah exactly absolutely um hopefully we can get chris back in here uh one of the best dudes uh he's he's doing everything on his end i can yeah. just you to make this happen there we go all right i'm back i'm back I'm all right over. y'all made me pull over <laughs> well hey man we we do appreciate that um all right what I was asking you was that, you know, Kendall obviously opened up that pipeline to California. Brock comes in the next year. Um, and then, I mean, what the hell's up with him coming back after only missing two games? What did you think about all that? That that was wild to me. Hey, Brock, hey, Brock is a beast, man. And, and Brock is different. And you hear all the boys talk about Brock being different. All of them talk about Brock being different, man. So, um, I'm not, I'm not surprised, but you also have to, you also have to ask yourself why would the family make a decision to have surgery rather than let it heal on its own? Right. If it right. wasn't going to, if it wasn't going to be advantageous. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes the body will heal quicker by going through that trauma than it will, you know, going through, you know, you get what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. I just, so, you know, we, we had seen a couple, it was just crazy because, you know, Hey, listen, man, um, Marius Mims is a freak too, you know, and he had the same right. surgery and, you know, it, it, it took a little longer and I know he's a bigger dude. I know everybody's different, but I just, I don't know, man, the more I think about it, the more I'm just kind of like, you know, coming back at that point, that quick playing that many snaps, I'm, I was just kind of blown away by it. But here's the thing though, here's the other side. And I think Kendall actually spoke to this. If you want to know what this means to those boys, yeah, Brock did not have to come back. Sure. Yeah, right. Brock could Brock could have been like, you know what, y'all? Hey, I appreciate it. I'm good, and I'm out. If that's what he chose to do, but 
they have a bond, man. And so, you know, he 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 felt that he wanted to accomplish something with his with his brothers, man. So he he made the sacrifice, put his body through it, and here we go, here we go to finish this movie. And you know, I, I guess uh, you know, Jake kind of touched on it, um, Chris, uh, the idea of Kendall kind of opening those floodgates you know, from the West coast for Georgia, Kendall's been a, a huge part of that. Uh, then you've got guys like Ernest Green, Brock Bowers, uh, JT Daniels came from out West as well. Um, you know, there's a number of these guys, Roderick Robinson as well. You know what? Um, hey, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some Intel. Yeah. So if you, if you remember when, intel. if you remember when Brock came in, that yeah. was COVID, that was COVID, right? They didn't, yeah. they didn't have, they didn't have visits. They didn't have any of that. Right. So Brock's first time on campus was after he committed and signed. So his first day on campus was his first day, his first day when he was reporting to school. Why? Because, because we actually, we actually had a couple hour conversation with him and his family and told him the benefits and advantages of coming to Georgia. We actually had a conversation with the Bowers family and they actually chose Georgia on our word. And and that was what I was going to ask you was the idea of if you're if you're sending your son across the country. I mean, you guys were one of the early adopters of this in the Kirby Smart era. What is the pitch that you give to somebody uh, who wants to who is considering doing that? Because obviously it's a large cultural change. It's a large movement. You know, there's a homesickness factor to all of this. How do you kind of, from a football perspective, from a team life perspective, from a family perspective, what makes Georgia a, a place that kids from California can go and not only go but thrive? I mean, I think, like 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 Suge Knight said, if you want to go somewhere where the producer ain't all in your videos and you want, <laughs> hey, you got you got to go to Georgia. Now I'm just playing. I think the biggest the, the biggest thing was seeing the benefit of coming to Georgia and how it plays for the long game. Um, that 40-year plan that every kid talks about, it starts with your decision of where you're going to school. Um, we talked about the atmosphere. We talked about just the Kirby Smart, his culture, um, from what we've seen to this point, you know, and how, he's, how, how he welcomed us in, you know, and we had to basically show through, through, through us, told them what campus was like, the resources that, that the kids have and, and all of that. So that was the, that was really the selling point to let, to let them know how we saw Georgia in our eyes from a, from a parent's perspective, sending our kid across the country. And a lot of the concerns, see a lot of the concerns that they would have had, we had, and were able to kind of get firsthand information to be able to, you know, counter that or feel better about that. So we were able to truly share our opinion. So the greatest thing about it is the the, the Bowers family trusted us. They trusted our word. They trusted our experiences to take it as credible. It's amazing. It's, and that's yeah. such a cool story. And that's what was needed during that time, too. I mean, there was no other way. I mean, well, I can't use visit anywhere else either and getting, right. you know, but but you guys were there, you know, and, and could kind of speak to that whole like, hey, listen, it's it's hell getting there you know it's it's a six hour it's six hours basically with the time change even with a flight um but but you know it's it's you know you were able to kind of show the benefits of everything that was there and 
you know, that's that's just huge. And it's a huge part of a, you know, big story of, of these kids that um, both them. I mean, they, they got a chance to win three national championships together. And what a what a you know, what a conversation that would have you know, ultimately turned out to be for this university and in the landscape of college football in general. Um, years ago, you and I spoke, and it doesn't seem like it's been that long ago, to be honest with you. I think it was in 2019. Um, but we talked about Kendall, and when I asked you, I remember, when did you know? And I, and I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories because it's not like, it's not one of those like, oh, man, I saw him, you know, jump over a kid or I saw him you know break 45 tackles and and score in a peewee game you told me when you knew Kendall was going to be a a really good football player and it's one of my favorites other because of the way because of the way you saw it and and what it was that he did well I think the biggest thing for me is you know everybody asked that question like when did you know like you know as if we saw him in youth football or or even high school um I I knew Kendall was good and um, I knew he was talented. And I think the only thing, and, and this is gonna sound like BS, but hopefully you know I don't BS, I don't care. The biggest thing for us, it was like, hey man, hey, get an education out of this, bro. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah. figure out figure out where you can go to school, bro. Get your education out of it. And so like when that first offer came in in eighth grade, January 1st of his eighth grade year, it was like, dang, okay, okay, you can, you can do this. But when he chose to go to Georgia, I ain't gonna lie. I was like, okay, that's cool, that's cool. But in the back of my mind, because on TV, I see those, those men. That's what I see. I see those big old dudes. I see the Jordan Davises and the Van Prans and the and the and the Mims. Like I see these big old dudes. But then when I see Kendall, I don't say, and I don't see the same Kindle that you guys see. I still see my little dude. You right. know what I mean? My, my, see my son. That's what I see. So, although I'm like, okay, cool. Hey, hey, all right, let's go. In my mind, I'm like, dude, can this dude play in the SEC? And it was, it was, it was the, the, the home visit with McGee and um, Coach Smart. We were sitting at the dining room table and, we were just talking and just laughing and whatever the case may be. And I was like, hey, let me ask you a serious question. I said, you really think Kendall can play at this level? And McGee just kind of looked at me and started laughing. He was like, you have no idea. And I'm like, evidently I don't because I'm being dead serious. He was like, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> That's McGee's favorite line right there. He'll be fine. Yeah. And I think for me, it wasn't until um, Tennessee. I think that's the game, Tennessee when yeah. he broke like those nine tackles, I was like, okay, game on. Then he is where he's supposed to be. So you want to know when I, <clears throat> when I knew he could play? <clears throat> Freshman year at, at Georgia. Hold on a second. <clears throat> That's when I knew he could play. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Um... You know, we talked about this earlier in the show, Chris, and, and you know, the, the injury aspect of things. 
from a from a just watching that as a parent and and from listening to Kendall, how frustrating has that been? Because you know, obviously, you know, everybody has been, uh, you know, that you know, wanting wanting Kendall to perform to his top level his entire career. For him personally, though, and as you and as you as a father, how tough has that been? So if you if you followed us um, during this time frame, <clears throat> specifically me, I guess you would say. You see, I ride for my dudes. Like, I ride for my dudes. Um, in, in my mind, I'm going to help them through anything. I'm going to help them solve problems. I'm going to help them solve issues. Maybe too much sometimes, but, hey, I'm dad, so it is what it is. Once he, seeing him get hurt, bro, it ain't, it ain't nothing I, I can do. There's nothing that I can do. Um, the worst feeling in the world, bro, is seeing that damn tent go up on the sideline. That's the worst, that tent go up on the sideline. And at that point, that true, true dad kicks in. You get what I'm saying? And the big, I think the thing is, I already know how he's feeling. And I know how I'm feeling. But at the point, how I'm feeling means absolutely nothing. I have to check my emotions and 100% let him see me be strong for him. So you want to know what it feel like? It's the worst feeling in the world because your kid is hurt and you can't do nothing about it. That's hard. That's hard. So sure. then, then, and then, so then I'm going to speak on the elephant in the room. Then you have those idiots, and I hope they watch it, those idiots that get on social media to talk about, oh, he always hurt it. He this and he that. Like he made a conscious decision that I'm going to spring my MCL. Like right. he made a conscious yeah. decision that he's kind of stuff. Idiots. He's frozen. And idiots, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we weren't in disagreement. Both of you, both you and I were nodding along. We were like, hurt my neck nodding. Yeah. <laughs> nodding so hard, I hurt my neck. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just 100%, man. And, and, and we got you back. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he yeah. was calling me on FaceTime. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. You, you were, you were saying idiots and we were agreeing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You get those you get those people who get on there, man, and and I don't know, man. I've never I've never been I've never been a big fan of anything, if that makes sense. I've never followed a team to that to where I was just yeah. Also, not a fan of the idiots. <laughs> I like he's in the so, house. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Yeah. yeah. You can hear me? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So it's new for me, man. So I'm trying to understand how people can proclaim their fandom and their love and all of this for your athletes. But yet, the moment that the athlete faces adversity, you can publicly come on and talk trash. I just don't get that, man. That's the, that's yeah. something that I can never, ever subscribe to. I can't subscribe to that, man. If I ride with you, if I ride with you, I'm going to ride with you, bro. If you hurt, I'm hurt. At that time, 
forget everything else, man, because I care about you. But these idiots, man, the folks that say that, they don't give a damn about these athletes, man. And the crazy thing about it is, again, I'll say it out loud. 98% of them folks never even stepped foot on a Georgia campus, man. Never even yeah. stepped foot on the Georgia campus, but they the one that criticized these boys the most. That's that's the part that bothers me. Yeah, it is frustrating. And I'm glad you uh I'm glad you got an opportunity to say that, man. I really am because it's uh, it's frustrating for us too, you know. Because real thing, it I is. mean, it's you a know, very real thing. I've never understood the whole idea of uh, of of I don't know of of getting after somebody for something you couldn't do if you were on your healthiest day. You know, it's just yeah. it's a tough game, and and I've told people many times I've covered a lot of Georgia seasons, and just standing out there in that Georgia heat for twenty minutes on that first day of preseason camp. Um, watching them just get after it in helmets and practice 100 miles an hour, like you just do not understand um, kind of what it takes. Just if a kid can get through a preseason camp at Georgia, they've got all my – one, they've got all my respect because it's just that tough. <laughs> right. Um, right. Hey, we, right. uh, we're going to let you get on your way here in just a second. We got one question each that we, we both ask everybody, and mine is simple. Yeah, you um, you, uh, my, mine is always simple. I ask it to everybody. You've, you've – You've passed away, and but you get a chance to send your own self off. You get a chance to to organize how you get to go out as far as your service or whatever. Who gets to eulogize you or whatever? Who who is performing, singing, um, you know, poem? It doesn't matter. Who is who is speaking the day that Chris Milton got dies? If you got anything to do with it, dead or alive, they don't have to be anybody. You know what? I'm gonna tell you what's crazy about that, and actually why it gave me goosebumps. One of my one of my buddies died a couple of years ago. He had um, brain cancer, and he he fought it for several years, and um, he ended up passing away. One of Kendall's um, old teammates, his, his his dad. So I was actually at his funeral, and it was big, man. He had a lot of stars there and that type of stuff, man. But I remember sitting there seeing people cry and this and this and that while I was there, while I'm crying, I text one of my buddies. I said, bro, check this out. If I go before you, I, the, the one thing that I want you to do is eulogize and conduct my funeral. I don't want people sitting here crying. I don't want them sitting here boohooing. I want to go out the way that my close friends know me, and that's cracking jokes and everything. And his name is Andre Covington. He's a professional comedian. He he runs the top radio uh, morning show in here in Central California. If you Google him, Andre Covington, he's a big-time comedian, performs overseas for the troops and everything. I told him, I want you to conduct my funeral and I want it to be more of a roast. I want you to, I want you to talk the, crazy the same way you would talk to me if I was there because that's what will resonate with people. So it's just interesting that you asked me that because I actually reached out to my buddy and asked him to do that for me. That's awesome. That's great. I, I can't think of a better way to go out. I, I think I think you're talking with two individuals that would like the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm going to do that at Jake Rowe's funeral because he's going to yeah. die Because <laughs> I probably will die before him. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, Chris, my question that I asked to everybody, and you've traveled a lot, man. You've uh, You've been one of the most faithful dog supporters, but you've also just traveled a lot even before uh, that and aside from that. 
Uh, my question for you is, what is the worst hotel room that you have ever stayed in in your life? <laughs> it was so growing up. Every year, every year we used to take a trip to uh, across country. We used to leave the Bay Area, um, our Fairfield, where we lived uh, in California, and drive cross country to either the Alabama or Louisiana. And my mom, my mom, her name is Linda. Okay, Linda Milton. And I remember one year we were driving cross country, and we were trying to find a hotel to stay at along the way. And we saw a hotel that was called the uh, Hotel Linda. That's what it was called. So I remember we stopped at that hotel. We didn't even make it through the night. We didn't even make it through the night. That was the worst hotel. That made that made um, that made the Motel Six look like the 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 the, the JW Marriott. <laughs> it, it was it was bad it was bad it was bad <laughs> how many uh yeah. so you got to tell me how many times has that got brought up since like over the years okay a couple times a couple okay. sometimes sometimes it'll it'll be in a, it'll be relevant in a conversation and we'll bring it up and we'll my, we'll give moms we'll give moms them a run for their money on it no, my, my my theory my theory is nobody ever forgets the worst hotel room they ever stayed in. It's it, it's nah, it's just burn, it's burned into your brain. No, a hundred percent, man. And you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 older now, so we didn't got bougie a little bit. So it's only certain hotels that we gonna stay in. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, hey, man, I'm, I'm going not, back I'm, to Hotel Linda anytime soon, huh? Hey. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not standing in a hotel room that you got to enter from the outside. No. Yeah. There you go. I need. I need to go through a corridor to get to my room. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Ding. Need to be able to hear that, uh, hear that elevator uh, get you there. Yeah. Stay on a high floor, dude. Hey, we appreciate you so much. Um, you. You. Uh, your effort in having doing this podcast or this uh, show with us tonight. I was reminiscent of Kendall's effort on that eight-yard touchdown run. Uh, you did not give up. You just kept bowling through stuff to stay on with it, so we appreciate it. No, hey, it's all good, man. I appreciate the support, man. I appreciate the love, man, and what you guys are doing. Give, honestly, giving parents like me a platform to come on, because I don't think people understand truly what it is like to be a parent of this. Yeah. It's an emotional roller, It's an emotional roller coaster. In the games, it's an emotional roller coaster. It was honestly, it was damn near more fun on Friday nights being, yeah. being in the than it is here because now it's business, man. It's business. Yes, it's cool to see him out there. Yes, it is, but it's a job audition, like a literal job audition every freaking Saturday, bro. So people don't understand that, man. So I, I really, I, I thank you guys for giving this platform to where we can be transparent and really just educate people. These are our kids. These are our babies. Be responsible, man. That's all. Be responsible when you talk about people's kids. That's all. Appreciate you, man. Thank you Absolutely. so much for coming thank on. You, all right. Thank y'all, man. And go dogs. See you, dude. That was, I mean, dude, he powered through, what man. Did you expect? What did you expect? I mean, it was as good as you expected, I think, probably. Yeah, no, he's he's fun. You knew, you knew fun. what you were going to get. You knew it was going to be awesome when you got Yeah, crazy. yeah, I knew it was going to have a lot of energy. Uh, I will say this, though. Um, I, I don't know. I think he kind of thought I meant later on. I didn't want to push the point a little bit because I was worried we'd lose him again. 
um, at, at any moment because, um, you know, it's just technology and what. But uh, he told me this story years ago. I've never forgotten it. And it was just kind of about how he knew Kendall was going to play football. He said, you know, when Kendall was young, he didn't really have that killer instinct in him. He didn't really like contact a whole lot. He said all of a sudden one one day um, they're playing a game and he hadn't really thought about it in a while. And this kid broke out a long run and he's on the other team and he's just watching the kid run down the sideline. All of a sudden he just sees Kendall at an angle, just fly out of nowhere and tackle the kid at the one yard line, made him fumble um, and just saw that effort. And he was kind of like, man, I, I from that day on, I was like, I think I think I got a competitor here. Um, and he's right. Um, absolutely right. And, um, you know, I'm not so sure Georgia fans have seen the best of what Kendall Milton's got um, just no. yet. I think yeah. uh, I think they may have. They've, they've had him around for four years, but I think they might get they might get four or five more games to kind of figure out just how good he is. Yeah. Um, so what's uh, hey, what's been on your mind? What you got? What you got for me tonight? All right. What are we? Are we jaking off? We're jaking off. Oh boy, man! I I've got the lotion ready. Oh uh, Jesus! Let's uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, so. Uh, we're not going to do this show next Monday night, right? That's right. We are not. Yeah, hey, and, and one more thing before we jump into this. One more thing yeah. before we jump in. I got a shout out. My man, Mickey Braddy, okay, from South Georgia, from down around, from down in Pearson, uh, ran into my parents the other day. I had a chance to talk to him on the phone. He's a loyal listener to Bark After Dark. He said he loves the show. Mickey, we love you for listening. We love everybody in the comments as well. Don't get me wrong. Rock and roll. But, uh, Mickey, we love you, dude. We appreciate you listening to us. I just wanted to shout you out real quick. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> So we're taking next Monday off, just so people are aware. It's Thanksgiving week. I'm going to go down to my dad's. It's his birthday. Um, and Rose going to, I don't know, who knows what you do. I'm going um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going out west looking for sister wives in Utah. <laughs> oh, boy. I, yeah. I didn't know if you were just going to, like, cruise by Palmer's and have some pizza rolls on Thanksgiving. Or no, no. Uh, Palmer's going to be in Nashville. He's going to be eating <laughs> Nashville hot chicken for, uh, apparently he's never had Nashville hot chicken. Um, he's what? from Nashville. Yeah. Is that, does, does that surprise you with Palmer? No, <laughs> no, not with Palmer. <laughs> what are you talking about? You have said you've never had Nashville hot chicken. Yes, I have. Oh, would you, maybe you said you didn't like Nashville hot chicken. No, that's not true. You said something. Yeah, you did. Don't lie. <laughs> Palmer doesn't here. like seasoning on his food. Palmer's going to eat at a um, steakhouse. That's, steak. that's what. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so we're taking Thanksgiving week off. What I'm asking is, I don't know where you're going for, for Thanksgiving, and that doesn't really matter to me. But what's what's on your plate if you get to choose when it's Thanksgiving Day? Oh, man, what, what, how you how you building the plate? Yeah, um, so can I get some dimensions on this plate? So let's let's assume it's one of those big, the big fat wide ones. You yeah, know one of like about, 18 about inches. The yeah. oval-shaped uh, chinette, I believe, is where that thing is. Yeah, so... Um, I'm a turkey and a ham guy. I do like a little dark meat turkey. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly cool to eat, eat a turkey quarter, tor- turkey leg quarter, um, thigh and uh, leg. It's a lot of meat, but I'll take it down. And I love ham. I, dude, I, I just love the good. And I'm not like a no, sweet no, no, we're, we're talking ham here. I'm not a sweet okay. ham guy. Oh, oh. I, I like it. I like it. It's fine. But those Lee hams, those Lee smoked you hams. Smoke, you, get, you want the smoked the smoked ham. Yeah, I love a good smoked ham, man. Good smoked ham. One of my favorite things to do is to take that smoked ham and get it sliced fairly thin, you know, kind of like that. And then uh, I make, I, I use that as kind of like a tortilla. 
and I throw some dressing with some giblet gravy in there, and I, I wrap it up. As a tortilla is probably yeah. the hottest thing you've ever said. Yeah. Use the ham as a tortilla. Throw some cornbread dressing in there with some uh, sure. with some giblet gravy. Oh, brother! Are you a cranberry sauce guy? No, I'm not a cranberry sauce guy. Uh, really? you homemade eat cranberry sauce in any fashion. I like homemade cranberry sauce. Okay. Okay. Um, but honestly, it just kind of takes up room on my plate. Um, okay. So I, you know, little little turkey, little ham, tons of cornbread dressing, and I've and I make it on my own now. I love it um, with the gravy. Um, mashed potatoes, little macaroni and cheese. Um, cousin Kathy Browning from down in Pearson, Georgia, she makes the finest collard greens that have ever been made. Uh, I believe she puts a little either maple or Cairo syrup in them to kind of to, to kind of give them a texture a little bit, and it's Why delicious. Both? Why not both? <clears throat> I know, right? Um, put a lot of those on the plate. Uh, deviled eggs, brother. Deviled eggs on top of deviled eggs on top. That that's one of those though that like before the meal starts, you're just yeah. like, just like a couple of those. Yeah, that's that, that, those are more. those are stand in line apps. Absolutely, those sure. are stand in line apps. And like our man Noah Sims, just like gout, gout, yeah. gout. Yeah, yeah gout. sure. You just it's it, there's not you're not really biting. You're just it's like intaking the deviled egg. Yeah, there's no <laughs> chewing involved really. You're just uh, yeah. My favorite thing though is when uh when somebody brings uh somebody brings the deviled eggs and and there's like a literal like professional deviled egg holder. Oh that's yeah, like just yeah, like the seven cake pan. It's the cake yeah. pan. With it's the, like, it's got the cake cover on. <laughs> yeah, I got I got just stacks. You know, just forty deviled eggs in there. It's just unbelievable. And I'm that's, like, well, I, I will say this though: if you're that person and you own that thing. That's the person I want the deviled eggs from. I've never seen somebody with mid deviled eggs bringing that thing to the, the party. Dude, think about it. That's somebody who's like, I need to make a lot of deviled eggs. People are going to want my deviled and eggs. I will also say this. I've eaten some really shitty deviled eggs. They were still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like somebody who doesn't normally make the deviled eggs. I'm like, oh, a deviled egg. Deviled eggs are kind of like golf. It's like a, the worst day playing golf is a better day doing anything else. Yeah. You Definitely. know, it's better than any do it better than a day of doing anything else. Well, worst deviled egg is still pretty damn good. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so no, uh, no, 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 uh, no sweet potatoes. No, I hate uh, sweet potatoes. I mean, I, I just don't like sweet potatoes. I can't do them. Oh, okay. Um, okay. yeah, no sweet potatoes. Um, you know, we're big, we're big in, uh, in my family. We always grow our, we always have our own garden that we bring in every year. And, uh, a lot of, um, like, uh, not dried out, but like green black eyed peas, oh, um, yeah. you know, they put up, blanch them and put them up, cook them with, uh, ham hocks and stuff like that and butter beans, white butter beans. And so, uh, what you know, bre- what about a bread option, like a roll of some sort? Uh, no, 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 cornbread dressing. Um, well, I mean, obviously, sure. Not, not a, not a big bread guy to buffet uh, like that. Um, only when I'm starving at a steakhouse. You're trying, you're trying to beat the system. You're, you're not trying to fill up on the cheap. Uh, yeah, and honestly, you know, the thing about it is, I run into it every year. It's really an all-you-can-carry type of uh, type of situation. Um, and uh, you know, hey, listen. I put on a show. I will put on an absolute just spectacle of, you know. Gluttony. Yeah, of absolute <laughs> gluttony. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is, and, and I've got to figure this out because I think it's probably going to put me in an early grave. I got to slow down. I got to I, 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 I gotta quit eating like it's just going to run from me. Not at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I do it, man. I just, I just smash it because I'm so hungry. 
Um, but uh, yeah, but now do you subscribe to that whole the, the whole Southern idea of like you starve yourself until the meal? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, but you're not really though, because there's like you know probably somebody brought a little Chex mix or they got the deviled eggs out early or you know I, I'm just you know what usually happens somebody makes a big pot of chicken and dumplings and you know like oh my god. Somebody will make a big pot of chicken and dumplings. And then, what an appetizer. And then, and, well, no, that's not an appetizer. It's for the thing. But I'm over there with a fork, like, looking around, like, poking one out. And, you know, getting my getting my uh, blood sugar, you know, jacked up. You know, challenging diabetes with just a big old ball of cooked I'm flour. Going, I'm going to my dad's this year uh, for Thanksgiving. It's his birthday on Thanksgiving. Um, and so I'm excited about that. Uh, but also, too, that means that I'm getting oyster dressing this year. No, I love is, it. Which, I love no, it. It's a, it's a really tremendous dish. My, granny, my granny's dressing is my favorite in the world. Now, and that's I get that when I stay home. I'm going to my dad's. The oyster dressing, very, very good. Very good. But that'll be a nice change this year, I think. Just keep talking about what you like about Thanksgiving, because I don't have anything better to ask than this. No, program. come on. Come on. Yes. I don't have anything better to ask than let's talk about Thanksgiving food, man. Oh, dude. I mean, so I'm a big like jellied cranberry sauce guy. Like, yeah, the, the a lot of people I are. Want, I want it straight out of the can. You I want, want the ribs it. on it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Rib for my pleasure. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to be able to I want to be able to cut that thing like uh, just into slices and throw it on a, a Hawaiian roll with a piece of turkey and the, the dressing, you know, make a little sandwich out of that. Yeah. Thing. Oh, I, I, Dude, I, I saw come. somebody the other day that took and they did like um, they took a uh, I think they might have taken turkey and they did it like I was talking about with the ham and yep. it then sliced moist turkey, put like mashed potatoes, stuffing, <laughs> dressed it in it. You, 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 you no, no, out of control, man. You got to rolled it up using meat tortillas. <laughs> they rolled it up. They rolled it up and they sliced it like sushi. Yeah. They sliced it, they rolled it up, and they chilled it, and they sliced it like sushi. And they made, like, Thanksgiving sushi out of it. No, no. That's too much, man. That's too much. I don't know, man. It it, it intrigues Um, me. Now, I will say, too, I'm a – you know this about me. Not many people on this podcast, uh, but I will – I'll just out myself. I'm a next-day food person, Okay. You're just you're just a cold food guy. I, I am. I am. I'm a cold food person. <laughs> I, I like to cook the food, stick it in the fridge, eat it later. That's I think the flavor redistributes itself. It gets more intense. That's just my personal opinion. So this day after Thanksgiving is really my favorite day. Okay. Um, at my granny's house, she does the cornbread dressing, and dude, I will go over there and I will slice a piece off and I will eat it like a like a popsicle like a whole I mean, yeah 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 i mean like i got it in my hand and i'm just you know just taking you, you peel the tinfoil back off the gravy and just dip it in there and yeah, eat i it. don't i don't even need anything else you know yeah. i just walked around all day like you know eating it like a beef stick like <laughs> but yeah um, no it's i i am i am definitely that guy by the time honestly by the time the meal has come around uh, like we were talking about i've eaten all the deviled eggs i've eaten all the stuff I've picked around enough that I'm really not that hungry. Um, you know, someone will mistakenly bring a crudite, and so I'll dip a couple of carrots and some ranch dressing, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. It's 
I don't necessarily eat Thanksgiving at Thanksgiving, but the day after, one of my favorite days of uh, noshing in the world. Real quick, um, what's something that you know you brought up the the uh, the the veggie plate? Okay, what is there anything else that pops up at Thanksgiving for you every year that you're like, this does not belong? Mm, I don't know that I wouldn't say don't belong. Like, I mean, I don't. Somebody always brings fried chicken for us. I don't uh, even know who does it. It's the laziest. It's the laziest person in your family. It's do I do I grab do, yeah. do, do I grab a chicken thigh? Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, you're gonna eat that. You're yeah. gonna do that. But it's also the laziest person. It's it's the you know somebody who doesn't really want to contribute anything. I, but I, I I think they fry it up. I think no, they actually they cook it. No, I think they, they do. Don't. I think they do. No, they went to the gas station and they got the Chester fried. I don't think so. It's good. It's too good. Well, if, if it's that good, then I'm not even complaining about it. No, I'm not complaining uh, about it. I'm just kind of like, where did the fried chicken go? Dylan Brooks mentions green bean casserole over here. And what I will tell you, <laughs> this is a very weird, this is a, a strange thing. I've never had it. I don't know what it tastes like. Disgusting. I've, I've never been into green bean casserole. Uh, I've never been to a, my family's never served it. It's not like a canonical thing in our Thanksgiving. So, it's just not something I've ever messed with. Hey, Palmer, pop on here and tell us what you think of green bean casserole. I need to know. You know he loves it because it's uh, light on seasoning. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's all right. Make it with a little cream of mushroom soup. What's, what, so what's going on at the Palmer Tom's Thanksgiving? Tell me. You're that. going to Sperry's, buddy? No. Nah. <laughs> okay. We have done that before. But. Um, what are you looking forward to at Thanksgiving, Palmer? Hmm family your, your mom's a bad cook is what sausage pie <laughs> no we, 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 do, we do it up we do it up big more for we do it up big more for christmas than we do thanksgiving just because it's such an in and out holiday you know me having to go back on on wednesday and then back to you know athens or atlanta on that friday and my brother's in school so in and out um but we do it up big for Christmas. Dylan gotcha. Brooks says Palmer goes to Cracker Barrel and calls it a day. And hey, uh, maybe the, I'm addressing. Well, wouldn't be too shabby. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, now hey, hey, if we would, we would do Shoney's though, right, Jake? Yeah, yeah we do some Shoney's. We, we did you not know what I do to a Shoney's. Yeah, I know what you'll do to some Shoney's. We'll fuck up now, some Shoney's. We did not touch on this though, really. But what's the goat? Like, what's the thing you look forward to most? Is it the corn, the cornbread dressing, bro? Yeah, hundred percent. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I'm a thousand. Okay, so, so there's like a sweet potato casserole that is incredible, and yeah, okay. it's, it's more of a dessert than it is. Yeah, I know people love it. I just I have never got down with it. and all. I Palmer, mean, Palmer just looking to, forward to his mom's dry ass turkey every year. No, so, no. <laughs> Palmer, have you ever had cornbread dressing? No. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you some. I'm gonna make you some. Don't son. don't don't tempt me. I'm gonna make you some. I swear to God, I'll make you. I'll make you some cornbread dress. Maybe I'll make you a pan that you can take home for for the car ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may you may eat it before you get home. <laughs> Put it in a cake bowl, <laughs> like like it's crackling oat bread. Um. All right. Let's not let these people get out of here. All right. We're, we're, just, we're just rambling on. Probably making a lot of people. I mean, I I ate a big dinner. I had like uh, I had two bowls of that veggie soup that I cooked. And uh, a grilled cheese sandwich. I was I'm glad to see you're okay. You, you yeah, I'm, I am alive. Yeah, um, you're back. You're back. 
So I ran a fever for like three days. Uh, hadn't ran one in like 20 years, uh, but uh, I'm good. Little uh, still coughing a little bit, but uh, I will make it. Um, all right, as Ruth said, we will not be back happy next Monday from uh, Bark After Dark. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving from Bark After Dark. We'll both be traveling. Um, we'll be, you know, it's going to be an exciting time. Uh, we'll be back with you here on this channel Wednesday night for mm -hmm. uh, the Georgia Show, 8 p.m. I will be back here, and then uh, we will also uh, be pregame show, postgame show, all of that stuff from Knoxville. Until then, I'm Jake Rowe. He's Jake Roos. Uh, hopefully, he did not get uh, eaten by his microwave. Uh, and uh, y'all take care. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.